So we started a new series last week, right? Yeah, last week. I'm only on part two. Wow. And uh, it's titled, Who Are You? There it is. And it's about knowing who we are in Christ. We need to know who we are in Christ. If we don't find out who we are in Christ, we're not going to live the life we should live. We're going to live, but <laughs> we're not going to fulfill God's plan for our life. Because uh, we have to, have to, come on, we have to renew these minds with the truth from God word, God's word. In order to live it out, we got to know it. We got to have it living on the inside of us, right? It, it cannot just be religious uh, jargon. Hello? Uh, a lot of times people have a lot of religious jargon, uh, but it doesn't do anything in their life. It's powerless because it's just religious jargon. You can go, you can go to Bible school and study and study and study and know the Greek and know the Hebrew and still just be full of religious jargon. I've seen it. I've been there. I did it. I saw, it. I saw doctors of theology that I did not know if they were actually saved. I could not tell you they were actually born again Christians. Yet they had three doctorates in theology. Hello? No, we don't need religious jargon. We need to know God. We need to know his word and actually have it living in the inside of us. That's what God has called us to. And we've talked about that, you know, a lot because we actually teach the Bible here. And the Bible says that Jesus said, my word's got to live inside of you. Yeah, you know, uh, a lot of churches go through the scriptures, but the, the, the word isn't living in them. And I, you know, you can say that absolute because I've seen, I've seen people that go to church for years and they look no different. Nothing's changed. They're still depressed. <laughs> They're still down. They're still sick. They're still everything. Nothing's changed in their life. 20 years down the road, you're like, obviously the word is not working in you. Because if the word is working in you, things are going to change. You might be depressed for a season, right? I know, I know a pastor's wife that was in depression and I guess clinically depressed. But she got set free from that. Why? Through the word. <laughs> and one day, the story, the, 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 the pastor tells, it, 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 it's a long story, but <laughs> she got set free, you know, she, she, the revelation hit her heart, right? The word hit her heart in church and she took off running through the church. Woo! Woo! Running around the church. Hello? Why? Because she was free from the word, because the word went from just religious jargon to heart. Big difference. Huge difference, right? Huge difference. We, like I said, we can, be, we can be studied theologians and have a lot of this up here, a lot of knowledge and, and be able to quote Greek and Hebrew and, and, and be able to tell people about the Greek and the Hebrew and, and do great exegesis on the scriptures, right? Exegesis is when you, t you, you dig into the scriptures and, you, and you, you parse every single word in the scriptures and, and, and I've done that. I did that in Bible school and it's, it's very wonderful to do. But in the end, most of the time, most of the time, 
you get no new revelation. Because the Bible says what it said. It still said it. It's like the man who studied about the word all. He said, I, I, went, I went into a deep, deep study of the word all. And I researched that word in the Greek. And I studied and I studied and I studied. And I found out that the word means all. I could have told you that. And they all spoke with tongues. It meant all. It didn't mean 10 of the 120 did. It meant all. 120 spoken tongues. All, all. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm already preaching. Watch out. So... Knowing who we are in Christ is essential. If we want to live the life that God has called us to live. Come on now. Like I said last week, some people say I have to find myself, right? And they go on a trip and they, they want to travel the world to find themselves. No, who we need to find is who we are in Christ. <laughs> you, can, you can find yourself right here. Come on now. That's what Jesus did. Jesus grew up, right? He was a, a baby. He had to find himself and he did. He found himself right in the scriptures and he realized, I'm the son of God. And then he walked it out, didn't he? You need to do the same thing. You find out who you are and then you walk it out. Hello? If we don't find out who we are, we don't walk it out. Come on now. I'm preaching better than agreeing. <laughs> Come on now. We got, we got to figure out uh, our real identity in Christ. In Christ. And when we find that out, ooh, everything changes. Everything changes when we find out who we are in Christ. And so that is what we are discovering in this series. And so we're going to go back to 1 John 3, 2. And that's where we started last week. And so we're going to have a quick review of last week. First John 3, 2, beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. Woo, glory. We got a lot coming. A lot. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Woo. That's a, that's a, woo. There's a lot there, isn't there? But here we found out last week, right? We find it out every time we read it. <laughs> we read it again and again and again, amen? That we are now children of God in Christ Jesus. We are, right? So if you are a born again, a, born, a real born again Christian here today, right? You're not just a churchgoer. You are a real born again, new creation in Christ. You are a child of God. If you are not a born again Christian, you have not been saved. You have not been washed in the blood of the lamb. You have not been cleansed of your sin. You are not a child of God yet. But the great thing is, as John also said in, in the gospel, John, he said, all have the right to become children of God. Every person on this planet today, every person breathing a breath right now can choose the right to become a child of God today. In fact, this minute. It doesn't matter what they've done. It could be the worst murderer in prison. And he could call upon the name of the Lord from his heart. Amen. 
and truly believe that Jesus washed, washes and washed away all his sins and received the payment of sin and he is now forgiven and a child of God. Amen. Hallelujah. That's good news, isn't it? God welcomes anybody in who wants to come into the family, but we have to come through the blood, through Jesus. And then we can become a child of God. And as we said last week, we've been specially chosen, right? We were adopted into the family by our father. And we were made joint heirs with Jesus. Hallelujah. Right? Just understanding that one point alone, just getting a revelation of that one point will change your life forever. Come on now. That you are now a child of God. Now. Right? You walk into the store, you're not just another human walking into the store. You're a child of God. Yeah, amen. <laughs> walking into the store. <laughs> you don't need to get haughty about it, but you need to know who you are. Right? You need to know who you are. You need to understand you're not the same as everybody, right? And that's not an arrogant thing to say because you are different if you're a child of God because you're a child of God. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. And if a child of the devil is in the store, you have a great advantage over the child of the devil. You got power from on high on your side. Amen. You got the name of Jesus on your side. Okay. Come on now. You have a huge advantage over every, every person who is not a child of God. Huge. You got the spirit of God. You're a temple of the Holy Ghost. Come on. You can talk to God anytime you want. That's huge. Woo. Hallelujah. I'm getting excited. <laughs> now, we're going to look at something else today. You want to look at something else? Let's go to Matthew 6.33 again. I know we just looked at it, but we're going to look at it again. How about that? Is that okay? You know, one thing about the scripture, you can look at it again. And again, and again, and again, and again. And you'll get more revelation. Of course, Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. So a moment here talking about seeking, right? We live in a world of people seeking something to complete them. And many try and fill a void that they have, right? With things or, or something besides God. <laughs> uh, come on, you know what I'm talking about. People try and fill the void with all kinds of things, right? Jewelry, house, education, money, cars, whatever it is. And those aren't bad things in and of themselves, but we can't put our trust in material objects at all. And they become our focus often instead of what we're supposed to focus on. And we're going to be talking about it today. So instead of seeking the kingdom of God first, many seek other things first, which is backwards right? Backwards. We don't want backwards. We want the right order. God is a God of order. Seek ye first. <laughs> That's order. First is order, right? So God said it for a reason, didn't he? And he put, he put things in order for a reason. 
right? I used the example before, but what if, what, if I, what if I tried to bake a cake without going, following the recipe? I, I've done that. I've, I've baked cookies. And, and I, don't, you know, I don't like to, you know, separate the flour and separate this and separate that. And then I just go, bloop, 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 mix. It doesn't work so good. Now, you'll get some cookie, but you won't get the best cookie. See, it, it goes that way with God. You can do things in order and get the best. Did you hear that? Ooh, that's revelation right there. You can do things in order and get the best. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. You do things in order, you get the best. You make the recipe in order, you get the best. The recipe was written for a reason. Someone had tested that out. Amen. Have you tested this out? Hello? Come on, you should test it out. You should test it out and say, wait a second, God said do it this way. You know what? I've been doing that backwards. I am going to change my recipe. And I'm going to make it his way. And now I'm going to get the best. Woo! Glory. Come on now. This is, this is already deep. I don't know if you know it's deep already, but it's deep. This is deep. God made it clear long ago he should be first. Thank you for that two firsts. That's the right order, isn't it? He should be first. That's the right order. If we don't want to go in the right order, we don't get the best. He said in Exodus 20, verse 3, right? Commandments of God. He said, you shall have no other gods before me. That is the first commandment. And that's still true today. Right? People want to change everything. Well, God's not the same. He's, he's still God. He's still the same. And he still has to be first. Number one, he still has to be first. Right? We put him first. We put him first. We just talked about in our finances. We put him first. We bring the tithe, which belongs to the Lord. We seek first God's kingdom first. Right? We're, 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 we're a church on Sunday, the first day of the week. And we're putting God first. Thank you for those two firsts. It's like on Wednesday. We were talking about courage at youth group and I kept bringing it to courage and I'd say, and, and we got to have courage. Hey, that was good. It wasn't so good on Wednesday, but <laughs> it got better as it went. It got better, you know. Yeah, I said it every five seconds, she said so. So watch out, be ready for first. God made it very clear we are to put him First. Ooh. Nice. God needs to be first. Oh, this is good. This is good. This is good. You guys are preaching. If God is first. Ooh, this is really good. If God is first, material things will be a blessing to us. If God is not first, material things are not a blessing. And they just become a curse. Come on now. <laughs> People they go out and buy the $60,000 car, but they haven't put God first. No, 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 no. Put God first. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. Come on. 
If God isn't first, the material things become idols. Hello? They become idols. Uh, they become something we worship. They become something we love. So that's why God's got to be first. Oh man, you guys are good. Let's look at Luke. Luke 16, 13. Luke 16, 13. No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. That mammon is money. You cannot serve God and mammon. Right? It doesn't work. So stuff, money, stuff can, and stuff is money, right? You, you buy a boat, you spend a lot of money. <laughs> but stuff can easily become an idol to us. It's easy. It happens easy. It happens. I, I remember a minister telling me a story once how he bought a Corvette and he realized that Corvette had become an idol to him. And he was washing his Corvette all the time. And he was taking care of that Corvette. All, he was, he's all, God said, this is an idol to you. And he sold it and got rid of it. Smart man. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's easy to fall in love with a car or a house or our money or, or a boat. But uh, the problem is stuff will never fulfill us. It never will. So we, we got to be careful about what we love. <laughs> if you've been around here very long, you heard me say it. Right? Uh, I, I reserve love for, for certain things, right? People, my family, you, come on. I, I don't, I try and never say, it does slip out once in a while, right? But I, I try and never say, I love pizza. And then I go to my wife and I say, I love you. English is not good for the word love, right? Greek has five words for love. English, we got love, right? So I try and reserve that word for people, for God. Come on now. For my family, I, I want to reserve the word for love for, for people and God, right? Uh, we got to be careful with our words. And we've we taught many, many, many lessons on the, our, our words. But what we can recognize sometimes by our words, right? If we say, I love that, we better check up and see if we do love it. I just love my car. Do you really love it? Or is that just a slip of the tongue, right? You love your car? You, you love it? Then it's an idol to you. You worship it. That guy, my minister, was worshiping a car. And people say, no, I don't do this. Yeah, people do stuff like this all the time. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Let's go on to Romans 1. Hallelujah. Romans 1, 21. You're going to like this, huh? Oh, you got to love Romans. Amen. Romans 1, because, or 21, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Idols, right? Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts 
to dishonor their bodies among themselves. Hello? Do we see that a lot today? Wow. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie. The lie. Don't you like that? Whew. A lot of people have, have trained the truth for the lie. Yeah. And worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Amen. You see, everybody is worshiping something. Everybody is worshiping something. Now, you might not say that that person, whatever, down the road is worshiping their, their boat, but watch their lifestyle and see what they do. They're out there washing their boat. They're taking care of their boat. They're taking their boat again. They got their boat. Now, if they're fishermen, they, they got to have a boat, right? But, but you see what I'm saying? You watch their lifestyle and you're like, uh, it's Sunday. You got to wash your boat on Sunday? Yeah, I got to wash my boat again. Oh, what are you worshiping, right? Hello? Notice here they ended up worshiping the creation. They knew who God was, yet they did not glorify him. And they were not thankful to the God who created them. They didn't worship God, right? We talked about worship on Sunday night last week. Worship, right? One of the proskuneo in the Greek, uh, you, you, towards, kiss towards, uh, kiss towards. You worship God with all of your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Come on. You revere him. You do obeisance to him. That's how I like that word, obeisance. Come on. You, you're devoted to him. You revere him. You adore him. Come on now. Worship belongs only to God. A lot of people adore their stuff. They're devoted to their stuff. They revere their stuff. Come on now. Idolatry is a big problem everywhere. But we, we tend to think of other countries. We think of other religions. We think, well, they have idols. Oh, I, America has plenty of idols. <laughs> oh, come on. We got plenty of idols around, around America. But they, they may not be a statue that someone's bowing down to, but we got plenty of idols. Come on now. We got, we got sports teams. Woo! You talk about worship. I mean, some people worship their team, don't they? You see, you're like, you know, I, 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 don't, I like a good game. Amen? I like a good game. I like, I like to watch a good game. I get excited about a good game. I'm like, woo, that's a good game. Woo! Wow! The comeback... Uh, my favorite game probably of all time was that comeback by the Kansas City Chiefs. Not, not this last Super Bowl, but the Super Bowl before that. And we were, we were watching that because it had prophecy behind it too. And there was a prophecy behind that Super Bowl game. And I, I, in the, it was about the Chiefs winning and about that bringing into the, in the end times. Come on now. A prophecy given years ago by, by a prophet who actually died before it all happened. And, and he said... When the, when the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, the, 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 that'll be the sign of the chief apostles in the body of Christ rising up and the end time harvest coming in. And then we were watching that Super Bowl in my house and Donald was there. We were, we, were, we were like, the Kansas City Chiefs were losing. And we're like, no, we want the Chiefs to win. We want the end time harvest. We want just, come on. And then the Chiefs started coming back and they came back and they came back and it was like, woo! We were like jumping out of the chairs. Mainly because it had prophetic utterance behind it. 
So it's, it's fine to have a good game. Amen. Especially when there's something, ooh, prophecy behind it. I like that. But I like watching a good game. But sports teams have become idols for many people. They live for their sports teams. They, they drool over their sports teams. They shout for their sports team. They, 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 they carry everything, you know, you see it. The Seahawks this, Seahawks that, Seahawks, 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 Seahawks. What about God? Post 15 pictures about the Seahawks on your Facebook and nothing about God. Who are you worshiping, right? Come on now. Fancy cars can become idols easily. We already talked about that, right? Come on. Anything can become an idol. Golf can become an idol. I remember, I remember my dad told a story once. He was a head usher at the church, and, and uh, he asked for help preparing communion. And uh, the, the, the one of the ushers said, well, you know, he, he wanted help preparing communion on Saturday because they, you know, they did the chunks of bread. They did the, all the juice. Poor, 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 poor. We got, you know, we got simple nowadays. But it took hours to prepare communion. They had like, you know, 2,000 people church or something. And, and it took a long time. But the guy said, uh, I got a golf on Saturday. I can't help you. And I still remember my dad telling that story. And I thought, boy, wow. I tell you what, I'd much rather be serving the Lord. Amen. Amen. And cancel the golf game and help the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on. We got movie stars as idols, right? People bow down to movie stars. <laughs> it's sick. Most of those movie stars, if you find out about their, their real life, you'd be like, ooh. I told you a story a while back. There was this one, one, uh, uh, one guy, I can't remember his name now, but he was in a show we liked and he was funny. And I thought he's pretty, he's a pretty funny guy. And uh, then I saw a magazine of an article with him uh, being interviewed. Because I worked at 7-Eleven, and I saw a magazine. I saw a lot of magazines, right? And I picked it up, and I said, oh, that's that funny guy. It's <laughs> the funny guy. And I opened it up, and I started reading the little article that he was interviewed, and they just put word for word what he said, right? It was like the, the question of the interviewer and his answer. And it was just filled with cuss words. I'm like, this is how you, this is how you answer the questions? In a live interview or whatever, it was sitting down with a reporter or whatever. Wow, that's sick. You ain't funny to me any longer. <laughs> you become unfunny to me real quick, right? Put that down. Never, never, never want to watch. I don't want to. I really have a hard time watching anything. Because I think about more than likely that person is bleh. That person hates God. Literally hates God. You know, I like what we watched Left Behind here with Kevin Sorbel. He loves God oh, yeah. and he puts it on everything and he talks about it all the time, how much he loves God. I like that. Yeah. There's a few, there's a few celebrities that do that, right? Very few, very few, right? That come out and say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. Usually what happens when they do that? Uh oh, they lost the job. So they, they remain quiet. Well, that's not good either. Come on now. If they're worshiping their job over worshiping Jesus, that's bad. They need to find a new career. Well, I can't talk about Jesus because I won't get a job on the next movie set. You better quit. Or go work on the Christian movie set Amen. with Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> Amen? Come on now. 
People serve all kinds of weird things, right? Television can become an idol. Clothes can become an idol. I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't get into that, women. I mean, you know. You know, you hear the stories. The woman has 50 pairs of shoes in the closet. You're like. We all can have an idol, amen. And so we gotta watch out what we are worshiping. Hello. Now, I'm not saying to have, not to have nice things, right? Yeah. Or do fun things. That's not at all what I'm saying. We know God wants us blessed. We know God wants us to have nice things. He's a good God. He's a good God. But the question always has to be, what place do they hold in our hearts? Yeah. Right? Do we hold those things above God? Do we hold them, more, esteem them more than God, right? Would we give it away in a moment for God? Right? Like the movie actor. If the movie actor comes on the set and he says, yeah, I love Jesus. And they say, uh-oh, we got a problem. He should just say, I'll leave. Bye-bye. See ya. Come on now. What happens in that moment, in that example? What happens at that moment? He has to worship God or he has to worship the movie set and worship the $100,000 paycheck he gets or whatever, $10 million paycheck. It's, you know, Tom Cruise or something, right? 10, 20 million, 30, who knows what they make? You know, I don't even know. But they make a lot off a of movie, right? So what are they doing? Usually they're worshiping the money, which is, woo, dangerous. So we have to check up on ourselves, amen? What, what does our checkbook tell us? What does our calendar tell us? That will show us what we are actually worshiping. Come on now. Do, do we spend 20,000 a year on a hobby and then give a thousand, a thousand bucks to God? Do we miss church to go golfing? <laughs> Come on now. Are we not serving in the church because it's football season? I told you a story once, someone who was in the church, an elder, an, uh, an elder was in the church. This is years ago. He called me and said, I won't be at church today. It was Super Bowl Sunday. And I said, what's the matter? What's going on? He said, well, it's Super Bowl Sunday and I got to prepare for the party. I'm having a party for the Super Bowl. And I said, the game's at 3.30. You got to miss church for the Super Bowl? It's 3.30. <laughs> yeah, I got to prepare the party. I got to get, I'm like, The fruit comes out, right? The fruit shows up. What are we actually worshiping? What are we putting first, right? Seeking first. We just read Matthew 6, 33. What are we seeking first? What, where's our worship? Let's look at Colossians. Colossians, you like Colossians? Colossians 3, verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting on the right hand of God. Wow, isn't there something? Ooh, that's amazing, right? That one scripture, it's like, woo! Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died. Did you know you're dead already? And your life is hidden with Christ in God. Amen. 
And when Christ, who is our life, appears, then we will also appear with him in glory. Wow. That's heavy. That is heavy stuff, right? Paul, Paul, man, Paul brings the heavy. So we all, we most often have our minds on things below. It's just a fact. <laughs> have you noticed? We are flesh and our flesh wants what it wants. But Paul is getting the order right, right? He's setting our order right. Set your mind on things above. Set your mind on things above. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> right now, we're setting our mind on things above. Right? We're looking at the word of God. We're allowing the Holy Spirit to move here. We're, we're, we're praying to God, right? We've been praying to God throughout the service. We've been setting our mind on things above. Come on now. We're putting God first on Sunday as we should do. We're putting our mind on things above. Right? Most minds are not set on eternal things. And, and so we shouldn't wonder why things are falling apart in this world. And our country's a mess. Why? Millions and millions of people never think about God at all. Never. Not at all. Not even like, oh, I wonder if there's a God. <laughs> I've, I've been around a while now, 51. And I'm always shocked how little people think about God. It's shocking. There, 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 many people just think about stuff all day long. More stuff, stuff, and they're saturated with the worldly thoughts. Hello? Saturated with worldly thoughts. Watching junk, watching more junk, watching more junk, hearing more junk. Come on now. They're saturated. They are, and you can tell by their words, right? I told you a while back, I was at the gas station and I got out of the, uh, down here at the Texaco. I go to both of them. I don't know. I just switch back and forth. I, don't know. I like to put books on the gas pumps. So I'm, I'm putting, I'm putting gas in my tank. I get out of my car and I'm putting the gas thing in my hand. And there's a couple guys over here talking at the other gas pump and they nonstop cussing. I'm like, ah, I've heard cussing before, but that's cussing. Right? What, what are they? They are saturated with the world. And they use God's name in vain over and over and over and over and over and over. Right? What does that tell you? They're, they're not thinking about God at all. And they are saturated with the world. But we are called to set our minds on God. Doing what God wants us to do. Right? Doing the word is a sign our mind are on things above. I'll say it again. <laughs> Doing the word is a sign that our mind is on things above. Amen. Come on now. If we ain't doing the word, oh, I used Dane again, I'm in trouble. If we aren't doing the word, there's a good chance we are not setting our mind on things above. Right? We're not praying. We're not, we're not, we're not worshiping. Come on now. We're not giving. We're not, we're not uh, witnessing. We're, we're not doing any of these things. Uh, good chances our mind is not on God at all. 
Because if our mind's on God, we're going to be doing that. We're going to be doing that. Yep, I'll do that. Yep, I'll be doing that too. Yep, 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 yep. Why? Because we are concerned about eternity. And our, our, our mind is not on the world system. Right? Remember, John said, if the love of the world, if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. That's an eye-opening verse, isn't it? If you love this world, the love of the Father is not in you. Woo! Come on. That's a good place to check. (laughs) Do I love this world? No. (laughs) I want to get out of this world, right? I want out of this place. And I'm going to go as soon as as it's time to go. Amen? Amen? And I believe that's going to be Jesus returning in the clouds for us. And, and we'll just be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And I, I can't wait for that day. If it happens right now, I would be totally satisfied. Because when God says it's done, it's done. I'm happy. Now, if I live out a full life, you know, I'm going to choose to go home when, I, when I'm satisfied. Because God said he'll satisfy me with long life and he'll show me his salvation. But I'm not going home until I'm satisfied. Hallelujah. Glory. Doing the word. Come on. Doing the word is a sign we are, our, our, our mind is on the right thing. Come on. We're praying. We're, we're, we're seeking the truth. We're seeking God. We're renewing our minds. Come on now. We're telling people about Jesus. We should be doing eternal things very, very often. Amen. Not, not just on Christmas and Easter. The CNEs, right? <laughs> Let's look at 1 Timothy 6. You got to love Timothy. Paul wrote some amazing stuff, didn't he? I mean, of course, inspired by the Holy Ghost. But it's incredible. It's incredible what he uh, wrote, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Of course, we know all scripture is given by God, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. But I am so thankful we have the word, aren't you? Wow. Where would we be without the word? Wow. We're able to renew our minds and get things right before we see Jesus. And so this is in some instructions right here, right? First Timothy 6, 17, command those who are rich in this present age, not to be haughty nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy, right? We just talked about it. We're supposed to enjoy things. They just can't have a heart. Verse 18, let them do good that they may be rich in good works. Ooh, do good. Rich in good works. Come on now. Ready to give, willing to share. Storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come. Eternity's coming real quick. That they may lay hold on eternal life. Woo. Now, first of all, don't say that's not me because I'm not rich. Trust me, you're rich. You live in America. Most of the world makes five to 10 bucks a day. 
two to three thousand bucks a year. Just look, right? Just look at the world. Look at look at what they live in. Woo! You know, you have a car, you're rich. People don't realize that, but uh, we are rich. And Paul lets us know that riches are very uncertain, right? They're uncertain. Have you noticed? Have you seen the stock market crash? And you're like, huh, how about that? And it goes, room, right? You know, money can be worth nothing overnight. And it's going to happen, right? It's prophesied. It's going to happen. It's happened in different countries already, and that's what they're trying to do right here. But they're trying to make money worth nothing. I, I, was, I watched this one uh, uh, guy in Venezuela, and they, the, the communists took over there, and, and now he had a pile of money. And he said, this is worthless. Absolutely worthless. And he, he pointed out the hamburger stand down the street, and he said, that hamburger cost me one month's wages. He said, I was rich, but now I'm very poor. That's what happens when they ruin the economy of a nation. That's what they're trying to do right here. They're trying to ruin our economy. Come on now. Well, riches are very uncertain. And that's why we don't trust in riches. <laughs> we trust in God. Our trust always has to be in God. Come on now. If, if, if money becomes worth nothing overnight, we're still going to trust in God. Yeah. And we're still going to rely on God. Yeah. And we're still going to have faith in God. And we're still going to be happy. Because we are children of God. Yeah. And we believe the word of God. And God said he would supply all our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You getting this? Come on. We aren't taking anything out of here, are we? You seen anybody take you all to heaven yet? I know some people wanted to. <laughs> no, we need to lay hold of eternal life. Money can throw us way off course, right? The love of money is the root of all evil, right? It's the love. We worship, if you worship, right? Money, it becomes the root of all evil. It's the worship of money. Money in itself is a, is a good servant, but a horrible master. Money is there to serve us. We tell money where to go. Money, you go over there and support the kingdom of God. <laughs> Come on now. It's a horrible master. And when it rules us, we are in trouble. Big trouble. And that's the world system. And that's what it, the world system does have, right? They, they are ruled by money. And, and they'll pretty much do anything for money. Come on now. It, we got to remember it's a tool. And anything can become an idol to us. Anything. But we got to be content where we are now. Because we are complete in Christ now. That's where we're going today. We're, we're finally getting there, right? <laughs> Colossians 2. Colossians 2, verse 8. Beware. Oh, look at that. A warning, right? 
Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ, right? Notice we've been talking about the world system. It's filled with deceit. I mean filled with it, right? Philosophy. Ooh, you know, philosophy. You know, they, they, they philosophize and they think they're so smart. They're full of deceit. And, and, and they're acting according to tradition of men. Come on, instead of according to Christ. Yeah, amen. For in him, in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Yeah. Woo! And you, you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Glory. Nothing else can complete us but Jesus. Nothing. Nothing. Come on now. We are complete in him. In him. Right? Our spouse can't complete us. Our kids can't complete us. Right? These are things people get off on. Well, if I just have kids, I'll be complete. No, you're complete in him. Come on now. Our car can't complete us, right? Our jewelry can't complete us. Our house can't complete us. Our 401k can't complete us. Our education can't complete us. Well, if I just get that extra degree, I'm going to feel so good. (laughs) No, get the degree that you need. That God says to get, amen? Our job can't complete us. A lot of people seek, well, if I just get this, I'm going to be complete. No, you're going to be complete when you come into Christ. (laughs) And everything else after that is about him. And if he says work there, you work there. Come on now. If he says go there, you go there. Because he's Lord. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Our clothes can't complete us. Our favorite sports team can't complete us. Nothing in the world can complete us. But if you are in Christ today, you are complete now. (laughs) You were waiting to go first, weren't you? (laughs) You're complete now. If you're a Christian here today, if you're a born again believer, come on, you've put all your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are complete now. Hallelujah. There is great freedom in that, isn't there? Great freedom in that. We're going to hop down. To, we're going to skip one, I think, of the slide man back there. We're going to hop down to 1 Timothy 6. 1 Timothy 6, 6 and 7. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. Did you hear that? Godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. No U-Hauls going to heaven. Not, not, not going to happen. Come on. You know, there's a lot of the Egyptians, right? Buried, buried with all their treasures and gold. And it's like. And that, and I mean, I, I hate to use the word stupid, but I mean, Karin doesn't like me to use that word stupid, but that is just stupid. Let's bury all the gold with the, with the Pharaoh. Why? Because he's going to take it into the afterlife. See what happens when people live by superstition? And deceit? And lies? 
They do stupid things. Come on now. I read once, so the, the husband asked for all the money to be buried with him and, and the wife put a check in the coffin before he went under. <laughs> Let's see him cash that in heaven. You're not laughing, you like that one? She like it. <laughs> oh, you didn't get it. Oh, wow, okay. All the adults got it. I guess, you know, you, you got to write checks. You get that one, you know. <laughs> Come on. Uh, we don't have to have one more thing to be complete. Not if we're in Christ. We don't need one more dollar to be complete. Well, if I just get, if I just get 100,000 in my bank account, I am going to be complete. No, if you're in Christ, you're complete now. Well, when I get that big job and I'm making 100,000 a year and I got the big benefit package, I'm going to be complete. No, you're complete now. Hallelujah. Come on. Yes, have, have dreams, have goals, do big things for God. Amen. Yes, absolutely. Do big things for God. Do great things for God. He has good plans for us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, have nice things. That's fine. God wants us blessed. But we cannot rely on any material thing to make us complete. Anything, right? No, no, we don't need that to be complete. We don't need that to be complete. We don't need that complete. The minister who, who had a Corvette, he realized he was worshiping that. He was, he, that was part of his completeness. Part of his com completeness. Well, I got, I got my Corvette. I've always wanted, I've always wanted this. I've always wanted, I got it. It's part, it's, I feel so complete. Come on. No, he was already complete. And he realized it. He was worshiping stuff. Hallelujah. Come on now. Jesus is our completeness. <laughs> when you said yes to Jesus, come on, he completed you. You're complete in him. Right? You know, people get married. Often, often they get married to feel complete. We don't get married to feel complete. Bad reason to get married. Really bad reason to get married. Because <laughs> now what are you doing? You're, you're looking to that person to make you feel complete, and they will never do it. But he will. Come on. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't get married to feel complete. People can't complete us. No one can complete us except Jesus, right? right? People right here can't complete you. They, they can encourage you. They can help you. Right? They can pray for you. We can believe together. We, we can live this Christian life together. We can do this together as a family. Right? People can be a great blessing in our lives. But they will never ever complete us. Come on. Jesus is our everything. That was weak. <laughs> I'll give you another opportunity. Jesus is our everything. Yeah. That, was, that was much better. As we sang, right? Matchless. Glorious. Beautiful. I think we want to do that then. Right? Jesus is matchless. Beyond compare. Hallelujah. Jesus is perfect. He's holy. He's righteous. He's loving. He's kind. 
He's friendly. He's helpful. He's protective. He's caring. He's powerful. He's mighty. He's compassionate. He's forgiving. He's empowering. He's discerning. He's consuming. He's cleansing. He's healing. He's delivering. He's restoring. He's creating. He's fulfilling. He's comforting. He's providing. You getting this? He's teaching, he's training, he's purifying, he's freeing, he's liberating, he's preserving, he's reproving, he's courageous, he's victorious, he's proven, he's incorruptible, he's infallible, he's trustworthy, he's responsive, he's honorable, he's reliable, he's good, he's glorified, he's beautiful, he's amazing, he's inspiring, he's creative, he's rich, he's modest, he's pure, he's remarkable, he's extraordinary, he's supernatural, he's miraculous, and he's astounding. Tell me anybody who can match that list. No one. Matchless and beyond compare. That is who we have as our Lord. That is who we are complete in because he has everything that we need. That list is everything you need and everything I need forever. And no one else can do it. No one else can do those right there that we just listed. Hallelujah. There is no one like our Jesus. No one. There is no one that compares to our Jesus. No one. Come on. Life begins once Jesus is the reason you are living. That's when life begins. When Jesus becomes the reason we live, life begins. I can, I can say that from life experience. I lived 19 years on this earth and life had not even begun yet until I came to know Jesus. And when I got saved, everything changed overnight. And I had real life. I had a real reason to live on this earth. Come on, why is there such a high suicide rate? Because they have no reason to live. They don't know Jesus. And when you know Jesus, ooh, you just want to live for him. You want to live out your whole life for him. He becomes the reason you get up every day. He becomes the reason you go to work every day. He becomes the reason you do everything. He is the reason, come on, he is the reason we live. Hallelujah. I, I, I understand completely why suicide is so high. You got to know Jesus. He's the reason. He's the reason to get up again. He's the reason. He's the only reason. Hallelujah. Glory. You see, Jesus is our completeness. We don't need to seek the things, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and the things will be added to you. Seek him first, because he is our completeness. He has everything. Come on. He has everything that we need. Everything. Hallelujah. Our job is to seek Jesus. <laughs> Come on. Our job is to be madly in love with Jesus. We realize he is everything. We have to realize that, saints. 
He is everything we need. He's everything we need. And we can be content, as Paul said, be content, right? Godliness with contentment is great gain. We can be content and happy and joyful in any circumstance right now because we are already complete. And we are looking for the the new house to make us complete. We aren't looking for the new car to make us complete. We aren't looking for the new job to make us complete. We aren't looking for the spouse to make us complete. Come on now. We are already complete. How How did Paul remain joyful in in prison, in stocks, sitting in his own feces. And he sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard him. You don't think that was a witness? (laughs) They're probably over there cussing their heads off in whatever, you know, Greek cussing, I guess. They're they're cussing and cussing. And Paul's over there praying and worshiping God. Can you imagine? In the stocks, in the prison, surrounded by, who knows what? They even say there's probably dead bodies in there. Corpses just lying around. The stench would have been, whoo. My nose is very, very sensitive. I can't even imagine, right? And he's singing praises unto God. In the midst of that, why? Because he knew he was complete in Christ. He was living it out. He was showing he already knew. He was joyful in the prison. He was joyful in stocks. He was joyful in his own poo-poo. He was joyful even though he, he, he knew any minute they could come in and say, it's time to chop your head off, Paul. Come on now. Yet he was complete. Complete in Christ. I'm complete in Christ. You remember Stephen? Stephen was stoned to death. While he's preaching the gospel to the Jews, he, he, he's preaching the gospel to them, and they stone him to death. While he's preaching. He just kept preaching until he was dead. Boom, boom. And Jesus died for you. Boom. And he died for you also. Boom. Come on now. How could he do that? He was already complete. He wasn't seeking something else to complete him. He wasn't, well, I gotta, I gotta go. Wait, I had dreams, I had goals. I had things I had to do in this lifetime. I, I can't die now. I, 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 no, he was already complete. Come on now. Are you, are you that complete in Christ? Are you that complete? you have revelation of being that complete? Come on now. Well, you're willing to preach the gospel and be stoned to death. We started with judge yourself, right? Come on, we got to judge ourselves. Are we, do we really realize who Jesus is? Do we really realize, come on, that we are already complete in him, that we don't need anything else? We already got him. We got the best. We can't get any better. Come on, there is no better. There is no better. There is no better than Jesus. There is no better. We can search and search and search and try and try and try and find the better, but you won't find it. 
It's impossible to find it. And we, come on, we saints have found the best. Amen. We have found Jesus. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who sits at the right hand of our Father forever. Woo! Hallelujah. Woo! Woo! Hallelujah. Come on, let's do matchless, matchless, whatever it's called. Matchless, wonderful, beautiful, glorious. Oh, she's leaving. She's leaving. Where are you going? It's right here. <laughs> Where's she going? Oh, she got on mute. She got on mute. Aren't you happy? Yeah. Come on. This is a revelation today. I know, I know some of you heard it before, but let it sink in again. Amen. Let it sink in again. Let it dwell in there. Let it live in there. Let it come alive in there. And, and as you walk out of here today, come on, you're like, woo, you, get, you got more revelation of being complete Amen. in Christ Jesus, that he is your everything. He has everything. Come on, that list. Yeah. Woo, that list. Yeah. He has everything. Yeah. Everything. He has everything for us. Amen. He is the beautiful one. Come on. He is the amazing one. Yeah. He is the wonderful one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift up some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, my God. Thank you, my God. Thank you, our Father. Thank you. Thank you for Jesus, our completeness. Thank you, Jesus, for making us complete in you forever. Thank you, Jesus, we rely on you and you alone. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Sing it to him. Sing it to him. Match this in every way. Wonderful, beautiful, glorious. Match this in every way.
sink in from the Spirit of God speaking today. He was speaking. He was saying some things. He was teaching us. And we give you the praise today, our great God, for helping us and training us and teaching us and purifying us and making us who we're supposed to be in Christ. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. If you're here today or you're online today and you don't know Jesus is Lord, as Lord, you've never made him Lord of your life. You've never called upon Jesus. You've never made him your completeness. You've heard today, today, to, there is no other way to be complete. You'll never find it in another way. You'll never find it through a person. You'll never find it in a thing. You'll never find completeness. Without Jesus, you'll always be incomplete. So today, I ask you, is Jesus your Lord? All of sin fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, eternal separation from God. But God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The perfect spotless lamb of God died for us. He paid the price for us. His blood was shed for us so that we can make him Lord and become complete in him. And the way to do that is to believe. Just as I did at the age of 19, I heard the gospel preached. I heard that Jesus must be Lord of my life. Jesus must be Lord in my life, of my soul, of my spirit. I must make him Lord to come out of the kingdom of Satan and come into the kingdom of his dear son. And I believed in my heart and I confessed Jesus is Lord and everything changed. And I became complete in him. If that's you today and you've, you've never surrendered yourself to Jesus... I ask you to pray this prayer after me right now. Say, dear God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of all sin. I want nothing to do with the kingdom of Satan. I want in the kingdom of God. 
And now I know the way in is through Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I can be found complete only in him. I believe Jesus is alive. I believe he has risen from the dead. And I confess Jesus is Lord. Jesus, you're my Lord. You're my master. You're my savior forever. I give everything to you. Heavenly Father, teach me your ways. Show me your ways. I will walk in them. I will do them. I will be an obedient child in your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo, glory. I always tell people if they want to be, if they want to get busy for the Lord, they actually want to do something for Jesus. They actually want to grow up in Christ. First of all, go out and be a witness for Jesus today. Amen. Go tell someone about Jesus. Somewhere, somehow, tell someone that Jesus is your Lord. And tell them how to make Jesus their Lord. Secondly, devour the Word of God. It's got to be in us. It's got to be living in us. If we want to grow up, we got to have the Word. Thirdly, get involved in an on-fire church. Hallelujah. Fourthly, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. If you want to know more about that, you can talk to me. And I'll be happy to talk with you about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Fifthly, start serving in the body of Christ. Be a servant. Come on, don't just be a talker. Be a doer. Throughout your day, worship and pray and praise God as much as possible. Talk to God all day long. Talk to Him. Come on, pray to Him. Worship Him. Praise Him. You're developing a relationship with God. And seventh, and most importantly, never forget, you now belong to Him. And he, he is the best. He is the best there is, right? He is the best father there is. There's a lot of good dads in here, but he's the best. He's the best. And he will guide us and he will lead us into the perfect plan that he has for us. And we'll get done with our life and we'll face Jesus. And he'll say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. Saints, that's coming very soon. Those aren't fairy tales. That isn't fiction. <laughs> Got to make sure I get my fiction right. I always get those mixed up. That is not fiction. Fiction is fake. It is reality that soon, come on, soon and very soon, we get to look in the eyes of Jesus and hear, well done. Wow. You excited about that? Yeah. I'm very excited about that. I get to hug Jesus. I get to kiss Jesus. Hallelujah. In person. I told you I'm going to fight you. Get out of my way. Get out of my way. I'm going to Jesus first. When we're caught up, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be hitting each other going up to see Jesus. <laughs> when we're caught up in the clouds, get out of my way. I'm going. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. I'll be yelling up ahead. Lonnie, get out of the way. I'm coming. Lonnie, get out of the way. You're going to what? You're going to be running faster than me? Okay, you're running faster. You, you know, I, I'm a little concerned because Griffin is really fast. He might beat me. I don't know. Hallelujah. You excited about that? I'm excited. Ah, ah, I can't wait to see Jesus who completed me. Who gave me the reason to live on this earth. Hallelujah. The only reason, come on, the only reason forever is him. Hallelujah. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we love you. We adore you. We worship you. We kiss you. We love you. We honor you. We glorify you. We thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you for the plan you made for us before, before we were even on this earth, way before, before the foundations of the world, you knew you were going to call our name and we were going to come on into the kingdom and we were going to be part of your family forever. We are thankful that you, you, you did it. You finished it. Jesus said it is finished. He finished it. He did it. He completed the work so we could become children of God. We are thankful today that we are children and we are complete in Christ Jesus forever. We love you, our great God. Thank you for this time together with the body. Thank you, Father, for teaching us. And as we always do, Father, we turn back and we give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise belongs to our great God forever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen.